Hey there, everybody. So glad that we get to come together again for some good time in God's Word. We have, in these last uh, days, been looking over who God says He is. And that's very important. It's very important in these days to know who He is towards us. There's going to be a lot of things that we're going to see and a lot of things that uh, will be experienced in this life, and it's going to really depend on what we know scripturally through the Bible on who he says he is. And that's going to determine what you and I open ourselves to, which will help us, and what you and I need to resist. There's certain things that it's not God, but if we think it's him, we won't resist it. We'll, we'll continue to allow it. We'll continue to open to it. And there's no way it has to go if we're not resisting it. And so there's certain things that you and I, as believers, as children of God, that we have to take our stand and say no in our lives if that's to be the case. And um, the enemy, Satan, knows this. He knows that you and I have to submit to God and resist him in order for him to leave. If you and I are not resisting, he is not leaving. And if he can get the idea across to us, that God wants us broke, that God does not want to provide for us, that God does not want to lead us. He doesn't want us to know the right way. If we can believe that that thought is God's true way and the way he will always be towards us, then, then our enemy will win in some areas of our lives. And even if we're born again, even if we're going to be with God forever in this life, there are certain ways God wanted to show himself to us and he wasn't able to. It's going to come back to what you and I personally believe. And that belief, the only way it's going to change is if you and I get in the Bible and find the word of God about that area. This is how we feed the faith. It's by finding God's words and getting them before our eyes and getting them in our ears, hearing it and seeing it. And when we do, we we cause ourselves to be strong, strengthened rather, in faith, and then we can exercise it. Then you and I can say some things over our life and over what's going on, and that is going to exercise faith. It's like a natural body. You have to put in the, the nutrients. The, you have to, it requires good food. You get that energy and that strength, and then you put it to work and you build the muscle. Well, it's the same way with faith. In order to truly trust God, you and I have to put what we have heard from him to work. And when we do, we'll see it grow. And before long, we'll realize we can trust him for bigger things than we ever imagined. Hallelujah. So today, we are going to be looking at God, our healer. The Lord who shows himself as our healer. Now, maybe you think you're okay right now. You don't need any healing. You know, you're pretty good, right? Someone else does. And I can tell you right now, in your and my life, there are people around us that need the healing power of God drastically. They need his working. They need to experience God as their healer. And you and I, it may not be right now, but the day will come. As the Lord tarries is coming, you and I will need healing as these days go on. And if we do not, if we make the choice that we will not know him as our healer, uh, 
how are you going to receive healing if he doesn't heal? If he's not the Lord who shows himself as healer, if we don't believe that, but the sickness is present and the doctor's saying there's a disease there, how in the world are we going to believe for healing if we have already chosen that God does not heal? And now let's look at it this way. Irregardless of what you and I believe, what does the Bible say about it? What do these scriptures say? And so you and I together, let's find that out. Now, this is going to take a few moments. I'm going to look at my clock so that I make sure I don't go further than I need to. But you and I, there's so many people in this life, they want us to snap our fingers. They want us to say a small prayer and their whole life change. Now, there's power when God deals us with to, to do some of these things, pray and seek Him. But the overall choice, uh, rather life changing that's going to occur is when you and I renew our minds to what God has said, to what is in his word. And that does not happen momentarily. It's going to take some time. So if you and I will invest that time, if we'll take these moments right now, as you get a convenient moment, we can build faith and know God. And that's what I want us to see to know him as our healer. As we go through these scriptures, I'm going to prepare you. God is going to demonstrate himself as the Lord, our healer. And as we are hearing and we're seeing it in the word of God, there will be healings present that God will show himself and we will experience him more and more as our healer. Sicknesses relieved, disorders gone, cancers completely diminished, no longer present. This is the God, our healer, whom we serve. So let's go together. And um, before we go headlong into this uh, word and into these scriptures, let's pray. Let's ask God to help us. And um, if you'll believe with me, I'm going to believe with you, and together the Holy Spirit is going to help us see this right. So, Father, we come together, all of us, concerning this, touching this. We're asking for your help. We're asking for your grace, your ability, Father, to see and to hear well, to speak well. We ask for your utterance, Father. We ask for that grace to speak your words here well. And, Father, we ask for, uh, yes, sir. We ask, Father, that as your word goes forth, you'd help us to see it clearly. Help us to see how we have been regarding uh, our lives and who you are to us. And help us to see in any way if we need to change that, if we need to alter it. And as you show us, we will do it by your help, Father. We thank you for it. We believe we receive it in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Isn't he good? Now let's look at Exodus, the 15th chapter. And as you're going to Exodus, I'm going to go someplace else. And, and I just want to give you a, a couple other scriptures. But you go to Exodus 15. Now, if you don't have a Bible, um, God is able to give you your own. And maybe you think, well, it's not in my language. He's able to give you one in your language. 
and you don't have to look to us as a source, um, particularly, um, but God is our source, every single one of us. And if you're needing a Bible to see what he would say to you, he will give you a Bible in your language. He'll give it to you in Swahili. He'll give it to you in French, in uh, Urdu, in Hindi, whatever you need. He will provide it. Hallelujah. If you're questioning that, go back to the ministry about God, our provider and God, our shepherd, uh, as he is and our provider and our shepherd, because he says he is and he'll show you the way he'll provide for you and you can read it and understand it. And he will reveal his way to you wonderfully. Praise God. I'm going to read to you Hebrews 13, verse 8. And Hebrews 13, 8 says, Jesus Christ, the same yesterday and today and forever. So Jesus Christ is unchanging. Now, this is, we might come back to this, but I'm going to read to you momentarily John 1, verse 14. Again, you're in Exodus 15, verse number 22. Exodus 15, 22. And I'm reading to you John 1. Jesus Christ, we just saw, is the same always. Yesterday, today, and forever, he is not going to change. And here in John 1.14, we see this truth. And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. This is Jesus. Jesus is the Word became flesh. This is why you can't make too big a deal out of the Word of God. You'd be making too big a deal out of Jesus. This is why when it comes to priorities, the Word going forth, people being able to hear the Word preached and, and receive the Word instructed and be taught the Word of God, this is primary because the Word is, yes, sir. The Word is the priority. It is what God chose to make flesh, His very Word. And um, the Scriptures tell us, and we'll come to this as we look over the names of God, that God has exalted His Word above His name. So every name of God that we come to and we see and know Him in part for who He is, He has taken His Word and placed it above every one of those. So what is of most priority to God? Is it people being fed? Is it provision? No, because he took his word and placed it above God who shows himself as our provider. Is it you and I knowing everything we need to know about everything we need to do? No, because he took his word and placed it over God who shows himself as our uh, shepherd. So you see, in every way, we can take the word, which is Jesus, and put it above and realize this is God's way, and it is the most important way, his word going forth, which means you and I ought to put our most investment into the word going forth. Don't get me wrong. We can invest in people being fed. We can invest in some other humanitarian efforts. But first and foremost, the word of God going forth is number one. It is priority. To God, he placed it that high. Why should we do differently? 
So, Jesus Christ, which is the Word of God, is unchanging. Well, God Himself, and I'm going to read this to you. Again, you're in Exodus 15, 22. Malachi 3, verse 6, I want to read this to you. Thank you, Father. I can sense He's helping us already, and it is wonderful. This is foundation. You and I need to realize that God is never going to change from who He says He is. If He says He's our provider, that is a forever word. That is not going to change tomorrow, and it certainly has not changed today. Malachi 3.6 says, For I am the Lord, I change not. I am the Lord, he says, I don't change. Now, God has repented. He's changed the way he's done some things, but he himself will not change. When he says he is God, our provider, when he says he's God, who shows himself as our shepherd, that will never change. Now, here I'm going to catch up with you, Exodus 15, verse 22. And it says, So Moses brought Israel from the Red Sea, and they went out into the wilderness of Shur, and they went three days in the wilderness, and they found, I want you to say, no water. They've gone day upon day, absolutely no water. Well, pressure is setting in. The hydration's been there, right? 23rd verse. And when they came to Mara, they could not drink of the waters of Mara. Now get this. You've gone days upon, you've gone days, day upon day now, upon day, in this desert place, and you have been thirsty for hours upon hours. And you finally see a body of water in the distance. Oh man, it looks good. And so, man, you start to hustle with every bit of extra energy you have because it's depleting. And you finally get there. You get there and you look down and you go, well, that don't look so good. But you think maybe, just maybe there's something. You put it in your hand. You go, that definitely doesn't look any good. And you go to get it close to you thinking, I can't drink this. There's no way that I'm going to be okay if I drink this water. Well, this is not good news to you, is it? <laughs> not at all. But there is good news and we're going to find it. And so they are realizing that this water is bitter. We can't drink it. And therefore they called it, it said it was called Mara. And the people murmured against Moses. People are always looking to blame someone, right? So they're looking and they're saying, Moses, it's your fault. And they're murmuring against him. So they're not even saying this to his face, but they're murmuring against him and saying, what shall we drink? And he cried to the Lord, and the Lord showed him a tree. Is there a tree that will make all the difference for you and for me? There is, my friends. We're going to see it. And so God showed him a tree, which when he had cast it into the waters, the waters were made sweet. Hallelujah. Now notice, before these waters were made sweet, they were bitter. I'll come back to that. So he, there it says, he made for them a statute and an ordinance. And there he proved them and said, if you will diligently hearken to the voice of the Lord your God. So there's something they're supposed to do. They're supposed to diligently listen to the voice of God. And will do that which is right in his sight and will give ear to his commandments and keep all 
of his statutes, I will put none of these diseases upon you. So God's saying, none of the diseases of this earth will come upon you if you will do this. Now, right now, people will say, well, how are you going to die? You and I can leave this earth and leave this body by faith and go into the next without any disease and without any disorder. And this world will regard it as death by natural causes. That's what they'll, they'll put it on our birth, uh, birth certificate. They'll put it on our death certificate. They'll say they died of natural causes. You want to know what that means? They have no explanation. They couldn't find out any disease or disorder. They just had to say, oh, I guess they were old. I guess, <laughs> I guess they were done. You and I don't have to die from death, from disease or disorder. We don't have to. We can just go when we're fulfilled. When we're satisfied, and since we've done all that God would have us do, we can say, all right, Lord, we're ready. We're going to go meet you. We're ready. Here we go. And um, now check that out for yourself. Don't just say it's nothing. Don't just say it's check the scriptures, whether that's right or not. And so here um, we see that if they would do their part and they would, would quickly see what God has to say, and do what God would have them do. Then they would have his wonderful place. In that he would not allow any diseases to come on them. Now let's look at the rest of that verse. It says, which I have brought upon the Egyptians. For I am the Lord that heals you. Now God is not putting sickness or disease on anybody. He is the keeping power. When God is... When we don't have him working on our side, then what is already death and curse in this earth has nothing to keep back and prevent it from coming on us. You and I need his protection for this disease and disorder to not affect our lives. He is not the one putting on. He's the one keeping back. And it's these the King James language is not one we use today. And in transference from the previous languages sometimes it doesn't read well but god we can find this throughout the scriptures is not putting any sickness or disease on anybody and he's not connected to it in any way so just because the cancer was there does not mean that's what god wanted because he wanted them to learn some things from it that's not right that's not god who shows himself as our healer now it says here, this is, I am, he says, the Lord that heals you. Notice heals is active. He's actively doing this. Our bodies have a healing power already present in it. It's a part of his healing process he's already put in here. You and I, if we were to say cut a portion of our body, naturally and rightfully it would heal upon itself and preserve that wound, whatever size it is, right? Now, some, if sickness and diseases is present, it can try and prevent and hinder that process, but the process is there. The healing present power is already there. God has put it there. There are times where we need to pray, Father, quicken, speed up that healing process. They're going to go in for a surgery or procedure, and we can pray that as they come out, Father, we're asking together that this healing process you've put in that body would speed up 
and that they would heal well and quickly in Jesus' name. So God has showed himself as the Lord who wants to be seen and known as our healer. Now let's look together in Isaiah 53. Hallelujah. Yes, sir. He wants us to experience him as our healer. Some have not. And, yes, sir. There's some things we'll get to as to why some have not. And I believe that it's the Lord's help to give light to some of you that have um, had a hard time looking at this topic because of some reason or another. But you know what? I was supposed to show you that. Stay there in Isaiah 53, verse 4. But I need to show you something. I need to go back. I'm moving a little too quickly. I need to show you something. If I go back here to Exodus 15, notice that those waters were bitter. And as I was meditating upon this, the Lord, I sense, put this thought in my heart. I just know he was saying that there are people right now that they are bitter. They're bitter in this world. And really, it's a direct reflection because they're bitter at God. Because their loved one died early, unexpectedly. And the thought has come that because it happened, God somehow in some way had to have some part in it because God is in control of all. And many, many believe this kind of way of thought because really it doesn't take much effort to believe it. Think about it. What happens or doesn't happen? You and I can just shrug our shoulders and go, well, I guess God wanted it. It takes no effort, no work on our part to find out through the Word of God whether that's true or not. So for lack of a better word, for a lazy man's religion, that's easy. Because whether it is or whether it isn't, it's God. Just shrug your shoulders, just deal with it. And some will say, some have sang it, that's life, right? That's life. That's what they believe. But in all actuality, that's not life. And in this experience that we have, in this time here on the earth, you and I can know God who is the Lord who heals us, and we can have His life working in us, which will cause us to live long, to enjoy many good days upon this earth, and to do well for Him while we're here. So when that tree was taken and put into that bitterness, what happened? <laughs> it was made sweet. What was not useful became useful, and that water could be drank by those there. And it's like that with those right now. I sense I'm talking to some of you right now. You've been upset because of that. But right now, God is changing that. And right now, His sweet words, and what we're going to see Jesus did for us is going into those situations and is stirring it, and is making it sweet. And those that have been bitter will be some of the sweetest ones we will ever know. Hallelujah. Now let me catch up with you. Thank you, Lord. Isaiah 53, verse 4. And now this is prophetic of the Lord Jesus and what He has done for us and what God's done through Him. And it says, Surely He has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. 
Now, if Jesus took them upon himself, how grieved should you and I be in this earth? How sorrowful, how depressed, how upset and frustrated should we be? Jesus, if we're going to assign ourselves to live a depressed life, Jesus took it for what reason? He took it not as our example, but he took it in our place. And if Jesus took upon him all of our grief and all of our sorrow, for you and I to just go pick it back up and throw it on our back and go, but I'm going to be careful and I'm going to be sad and upset because this is a hard world and there are some wrong things going on and babies are dying and then we are acting like Jesus' actions were nothing because he thought it was such a great thing for us that he took it on himself and the whole sin of the world was put on his back and he put it on the cross and he put it to death and he did it because he saw joy that was set before him joy in our lives that we don't have to have sad days we don't have to go on day after day after day being troubled and upset and allowing our faith to be contaminated and useless no no we can have all joy and peace in believing because he carried it for me he carried it for us Hallelujah. And it says, yes, sir. And it, it continues to say, yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. But what is the fifth verse says? But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes, we are healed with his stripes those stripes historians have given us this idea that they were like pieces of sheet metal like a metal that was frayed and open that it was connected to ropes uh, a rope a leatherette material i guess you could say and they were attached to this handle so you had multiple of these uh uh, yes, sir. Arms coming off of this uh, this hand, connected with straps coming from it, and then these pieces of metal that were attached to it, and they would rip, uh, lash it at him, hit him in the back, and then pull and rip it back to do it again. And you have to think this metal is peeling his skin back as they're doing it, and he's taking lash upon lash upon lash. These are the stripes. Notice, he could have died and been crucified without the stripes. Crucifixion was enough to, to be death for the man. No, he did something special when he took every one of those things upon his back. He did it for your and for my healing. Because when he took it, he could see it. We are healed. Hallelujah. Healed of the cancer. Healed of the respiratory disorders. Healed of those hormonal disorders and inadequacies. Healed 
in every way, shape, and form. He took it upon himself, blow after blow, lash after lash, because he knew it was buying our healing. He knew it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now go with me. Matthew 8. Matthew 8. These two scriptures are compatible. We ought to keep them together for the sake of those that would say that's no longer for us today. Because this is going to tie in Jesus and his ministry with what God prophesied back there. Matthew 8, verse 14. Hallelujah. I'm going to give you a moment to get there. Matthew 8, 14. Jesus paid this price for a particular reason. It's his great desire. And it's God, our healer's great desire that you and I live whole, healed lives. Verse 14 says, And when Jesus was coming to Peter's house, he saw his wife's mother laid and sick of a fever. So they come into the house, and Peter's mother-in-law is there on the couch. And Jesus sees it. And he touches, he touched her hand. And the fever left her. And she arose. <laughs> you have to think, how long has she been there? How long has this fever gone on? Has the doctor already come to visit? What has been the history? Jesus comes. God sent his person. And they come into the, the way, into the house, and simply touch her hand. And what has been ailing? for much a time, is completely gone. Completely gone. And she rises up and ministers to them. She starts serving them. 16th verse. When the evening was come, they brought unto him many that were possessed with devils. And he cast out the spirits with word and healed all that were sick. He cast out the spirits with word. We're seeing deliverance. People have thought that some of these things was just them. They just thought there's something wrong with them. They're just not like other people. They don't realize there's more spiritual aspects involved. There was a particular man. Uh, they said that he was. Uh, he had been bound many times. And so much so... That, you know, they would have chains and they would bind him up with these chains and he would rip them. Superhuman strength. And Jesus comes to the shore. And the scriptures say that this man who was cutting himself into tombs runs over to Jesus and towards these disciples and bows down and gets down in a worshipful stance before Jesus. And the scriptures tell us, for he, talking about Jesus, had said, come out of him. My word, Christians, you and I have Christ in us and on us for works like this. When we step into places that we're supposed to be, God's told us to be there, all it takes is a word. 
stop now in Jesus' name. That ceases now. That stops now. Why? Because this is how Jesus operated. This, the way of deliverance works just like this. You and I have power. We have authority that has been given to us. And there are cir circumstances, situations that are going on that is more spiritual than people realize. That depression, that suicidal thought, that's more spirit than people realize. It's not just psychosocial. It's not just a need for medicine. No, a lot of times, I'm not saying throw yours away. I'm not saying it won't help. What I am saying is that spirits involved in these things can cause, uh, yes, sir, what we see here. It says, it tells us that he, yes, sir, that there were these that were possessed with devils and he cast them out with word and healed all that were sick. Now, yes, sir. And it says in the 17th verse that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying himself took our infirmities and bare our sicknesses. Now, there was in Jesus' ministry another notable miracle in that um, the disciples could not cast out this spirit. The spirit would cause the young man to seize. And he would, it, the, the father would tell them, he told Jesus that, that the, it would cause him to seize and would take him and put him in a fire and put him in water, would try and kill him. He'd be out, you know, bathing, right? And all of a sudden turn into a seizure and go underwater. Can you see this? They're going to cook, right? They have an open fire. They're by it. He starts seizing and falls into the fire. These are connected. There is, what happened was the, the disciples didn't have faith to cast out the spirit. And Jesus told them that this kind of unbelief does not come out except by prayer and fasting. One must hear from God in order to have faith to know how to handle these circumstances. The only way you and I can know is if we hear from him and speak over it what he shows us and do what he shows us to do. That's the only way we can cast out. And Jesus did this. He cast out this spirit out of them. And um, thank you, Father. <laughs> you and I have this same power working in us. Jesus, when he sent us out, he said, I want you to go into all the earth. And I want you to preach this good news. And I, I want you to cast out evil spirits. I want you, he gave us this helping. He gave us his enabling power to do this. He gave it to us. And so um, let's look together here. We see here that this connects with Isaiah 53. Now let's look at 1 Peter 2 verse 20. 1 Peter 2 and 20. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. 1 Peter 2, verse 20. I guess good. Praise God. Healing power is working now. <laughs> I recall um, when I was training for the ministry, 
back in, in the Broken Arrow, Oklahoma, at Rama Bible Training College. And um, I was experiencing some symptoms. I was having some upper respiratory infection symptoms, coughing up some things, and, and you could tell it just wasn't right. Now, I have some background in, in healthcare, so I know it's not right. I know that I need some help. And um, I realized, you could turn that panel, yeah. I realized that, um, thank you, Lord, that these symptoms that I'm experiencing, I know it's not God. I know it's not right. And I know it's even a good thing to go in and get checked out, see a doctor. And I'm seeking God about this. This is primary. What is God showing us to do? And um, started realizing I have no impression, nothing from God that I'm to go see a doctor right now. And I went to these verses that I'm going with together with you right now. And I started, um, I started, I started uh, looking at this and I started saying this very thing. I'm a legion. I started saying, Father, I thank you that Jesus took my infirmities and bore my sicknesses, and by his stripes I was healed. And the thought would come to me. This would go on some days. It went on over the course of a couple weeks. And if the thought came back to me, I'd say, Father, thank you that Jesus took my infirmities, and he bore my sicknesses, and by his stripes I am healed. And it started coming inside me, and I started saying it at that point. I started saying, that's why healing power is working in my body now. <laughs> Hallelujah. I sense we need to say that together. Will you say that with me? Thank you, Father, that Jesus took my infirmities and bore my sicknesses, and by his stripes I was healed. Thank you. That's why healing power is working in me right now. And so I would do this, and I, I'm working full-time still at the time. I'm going to school, and I, I realized as I was saying this one day that I had only taken, I think I took one day off of school. I had the days, and I just didn't want I wanted to make sure I wasn't going to be infectious. And um, after that, I didn't miss any days of work. I didn't miss any other days of class. I didn't miss a thing. And I started realizing, and it started stirring me up. I started getting excited. Because why? Because you're my enemies coming all the time telling us, no, you're sick. You're being a fool not going to the doctors. You should have went last week. What in the world are you doing? And as the thoughts come, I'm saying, thank you, Lord. You are my healer. Jesus took my infirmities. He bore my sicknesses, and by his stripes, I was healed. And that's why healing power is working in me now, and I started seeing it. I started seeing I'm not missing anything that I'm supposed to do, and that was why. That was because healing power really was working in me. It's working in you right now. Hallelujah. The Lord is our healer. First Peter 2 verse 24 and it says, Who his own self bear our sins in his own body on the tree. Why did he do that? 
Did Jesus bear our sins so that you and I can live a sinful life? No. No. He didn't do it as our example. He didn't say, all right, take as much sin on you as you can in this life. No. He did it in our place. He did it as our substitute. And Jesus, it continues to say, that we being dead to sins should live to righteousness by whose stripes you were healed. If you and I were healed when Jesus took these stripes, then right now, today, I want you to look at your, your time piece, whatever you got, and take note of this very time. Because when you and I believe and receive right here, God as our healer, then we can mark the time and the date because right now, we are the healed of the Lord. Hallelujah. And what is wrong is not working any longer because the healing is pushing it out in Jesus' name. Praise God. Let's go together. John chapter 3. John chapter 3. Verse number 14. Because we want to see more and more. God is our healer. He wants to show himself as our healer. There's no shame in needing healing. There's no condemnation from God and from those who represent him. You don't need to feel bad because you need his healing. If God went to great length to show himself as our healer, then why is he going to make you feel bad if you need the healing? No, no, he won't. He won't. Here in 3 verse 14, it says, And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. Now we'll see, we're going to look back here, what happened when they lifted up that serpent upon the pole inside the wilderness. Because we'll see there was healing power involved and there was forgiveness that was involved. Coupled both to ensure someone was complete and entire and able to serve God. And it goes on and says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Now I want you to realize, you and I, we cannot do enough to deserve God to be who he has said he is. There's nothing we can do to earn a healing. You and I giving an offering is not going to buy a healing. Nor is it going to buy him as our provider. There's nothing we can do. He's already said this is who he is. He's already presented himself and has declared himself this is who he is. And he's our healer. And here we say, we see, for God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Hallelujah. He that believes on him is what? Not condemned. But he that believes not is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten son of God. Someone has believed that they, they thought they were believing for healing and they didn't see healing working yet. And so some have said, 
hey, if you had more faith, you'd be healed, right? So they get this idea, I'm not doing it right. I'm doing it wrong. I don't want to be around them because they're telling me I'm doing it wrong. And it creates a place for condemnation and it creates a place for doubt. When in all actuality, just because we don't see the healing power working doesn't mean it's not at work. And now you and I have seen that, right? A cut may not heal overnight. It may take some time. Well, God may need some time to get it over to us where we truly trust in this healing power and in who He has said He is, the Lord our healer. So, is it possible we need to increase in faith in this area? Yes. Yes. We can increase in faith. Um, is it possible that there are those that have been condemned because of this? Yes. In fact, I'm thinking now, there's a particular denominational minister, and they were talking with one of my elders, and they, um, they said that uh, there was a group of people from an area you know, of ministry that was connected, a, a Bible college, that said if, if they had more faith, his wife would have lived. She would not have died when she did. And he looked at, at our, our elder and he said, that didn't help me. That didn't help me. And then he said, I, I know. I, I understand that didn't help. You and I do people no good if we're condemning. No. Jesus didn't condemn, but he also did not misrepresent. And you and I, if we spent no time building belief in God as our healer, then we might have to take some days. We might have to look in it. We might have to really build and nourish our faith because apart from faith to believe in Him in this way, we won't see it. He won't be able to show Himself because if we don't trust it and believe it, it will not show forth in our life. We'll see that in the Scriptures. Take the time and, and let's look together. So here, thank you, Lord. Let's look at Numbers 21. Numbers 21. We're doing good on time. Hallelujah. You and I have a wonderful God. He is our wonderful Father. <laughs> Jesus is our wonderful Lord. And together we have wonderful healing power that's working in us and through us now. Thank you, Lord, for your helping. Numbers 21. And in Numbers... <laughs> I appreciate your patience with me today. We're getting it, aren't we? Numbers, did I tell you wrong? Hmm. Okay. Thank you, Lord. I have just discovered that this Bible has... <laughs> Sweetheart, will you grab me my other Bible, please? I apologize for the for the small um, momentary, but this Bible goes from Numbers four to Numbers six to it goes from Numbers eighteen to Numbers four, so <laughs> that's not going to help us today. And then it goes back to Numbers four, back to so uh, it's a it's an interesting print. I have never seen that in my experience, but yeah, it goes from Numbers. 
18 to Deuteronomy 14. So let's just put that Bible on. It's good to have backup. Hallelujah. <laughs> so we are looking for Numbers 21. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. In Numbers 21, we're going to see what Jesus was talking about. He was speaking these words to Nicodemus. In the middle of the night, Nicodemus came to him to talk to him about this. And um, so verses 7 in Numbers 21, and Jesus told them, it's like this. It's like when Moses lifted that pole. And so here in verse 7, it says, Therefore the people came to Moses and said, We have sinned, for we have spoken against the Lord and against you. Pray to the Lord that he take away the serpents from us. And Moses prayed for the people. And the Lord said to Moses, Make you a fiery serpent and set it upon a pole. And it shall come to pass that everyone that is bitten, when he looks upon it, shall live. Now notice, they were bitten by this snake. Poison is already seeping into their bloodstream. And they're already sensing effects of this poison in their body. And inflammation is already setting in right there at that spot. And blood is flowing to the area to try and relieve and get out what is wrong. It senses there's something foreign to this body right there. Every part of their body is reacting to this. Death is already starting to take effect. And in moments, right, in days time, if they don't do something about this, they will die right where they stand. But then they look upon that pole and they see this serpent. And the scriptures said here, said Moses made a serpent of brass. He put it upon a pole and it came to pass that if a certain had bitten any man is healing for everybody. Yes, it is. If any man, this is also women and children could look upon that serpent and be, yes sir, healed of the poison that was coursing through their bodies, then you and I, every single person, can know God is our healer and have his healing power work through us and wipe out every disease, every disorder that would try to hinder us. And it says here that that it had bitten any man. When he beheld the serpent of brass, he lived. They lived. Now this word beheld meant a steadfast gaze. It wasn't just looking momentarily, but it was fixed. It was looking upon it intently, looking upon it until there was knowing that I am forgiven, and I am healed. And they would fix their eyes on it, and with that steadfast gaze, God's healing power and forgiveness, the force of forgiveness, would work in their lives. Go with me to Psalms. We're going to go to Psalm 103. Psalm 103. There's a particular reason we're touching on both the forgiveness and the healing. You know, there's certain things that have occurred because we did things wrong. 
There's certain things that have occurred because we've done things wrong. And people have thought, well, see, that is your crux to bear. And you deserve what you got because of what you did. I'm going to tell you no. I'm going to let the scriptures show you no. That you and I can both receive forgiveness and healing. And it doesn't matter how wrong you and I were. It doesn't matter how far it went along. If you and I can believe, then He will heal and forgive, and you and I can stand as if it never happened, as if we are free and clear. Psalm 103, verse 1. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless His holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all His benefits. Are there benefits with God? There's a benefit plan. You and I should find out about it. He says, don't forget His benefits. Well, what if you and I don't know His benefits? That's a problem. I mean, if you're working for a company and they have you know paid time off benefits, and you've been getting them, and you've been getting them, and man, they're stacking up. And, um, you know, come to find out, you know, you, you have to leave the job, and you go on elsewise, and then, you know, you get, you know, you come to find out, maybe you get a statement, and it says that you had this many PTO benefits, but I'm, I'm sorry, because, you know, you, you can't use them now. And you think, what? I had them there the whole time? What do you mean I can't use them now? You and I not knowing to, things about God, things about what He has done, they will affect us. And, you know, you, you will hear people say ignorance is bliss. That if you and I don't know, then we have no responsibility to it and we'll live a better life. That's a lie. There are things that if you and I don't know, they will have effect on our lives. And um, so... If you and I don't know the benefits, we can't put them to use. We can't enjoy them. And we can't forget them if we don't know them. So God is speaking to us through his words here, and he's saying, don't forget my benefits. He's expecting us to know them. He's expecting us, which means you and I, it's important every day, take time to read God's word. Read a chapter in the Old Testament. Read a chapter in the New. Start in those epistles, in the letters to the church. That's written to us, right? That's written to us. Hallelujah. And then you don't want to neglect the Old Testament because there's wonderful, wonderful examples and representations of what we'll find in the New. So don't, don't not read this area. And so here... In, he says, forget not all his benefits. Who does what? Third verse, who forgives how much? A few of our iniquities. No, no. Who forgives all your iniquities? Who heals? How many? Some diseases. You know, inflammation, he can take care of that. It might help with ibuprofen. No, no. He heals. All 
our diseases, everyone under the sun, he heals all. Hallelujah. Who redeems our life from destruction, who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies, who satisf satisfies your mouth with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. Coupled with God's healing power and healing us is his wellness and well-being working in us. We'll find, yes, sir, in Psalm 91, it says that it's God's plan that with long life, he satisfy us and show us his salvation. How is he going to do that if we don't cooperate with him? There's certain things we're going to have to hear from him and do in order for him to do that, right? I mean, if we, you and I sat down and we ate Cheetos every meal of every single day, are we helping him to satisfy us with long life and show, no, no. Our bodies are not made to eat Cheetos in every meal and setting, right? No, no. But it is his desire that wellness and well-being work in us and work through us and that he be able to give us many long but good days in this earth. Hallelujah. Let's go together and let's look at uh, Luke chapter 5. And I believe we're, we're coming to our closing. Luke 5. <laughs> my, my wife is laughing at me here. Right? Closing can take a few minutes, right? <laughs> it's the Lord's helping that we get this. Hallelujah. And I encourage you, if this is new to you, Take some moments and go over these verses. In fact, there is a particular resource. You can find it on morelife.org. That's more with two O's. Morelife.org, O-R-G. You'll have to go to the free resources portion. It should be at the bottom of the page. And you'll go to their publications, to their books. And they have a book entitled God's Will to Heal, I believe it is. And if you go to the even the back of the book, I'm, it's a great read. But there is a portion of this book that is, I think, 101 things that God has said about healing. And it will take you from point to point to point through the scriptures, what God has said about healing on many different diseases and disorders, every single part. And you and I can find in Deuteronomy 28, that God had said, if we would do this, then the curse would not come upon us. And he, he touches on later on in what that curse did. And you see all these disorders, all these diseases. If I had time, I'd, I'd go through it with you. It's a wonderful chapter. Deuteronomy 28. You'll find the blessing and the cursing. By the end of this cursing, I believe it's like the 61st or 62nd verse. It says everything that was not listed in this was also connected with the curse of the law. And it was talking about diseases and disorders. So anything that you can think of that is disease and disorder is connected with the curse of the law. Deuteronomy 28. That's important you know that. And if you and I were to look at Galatians 3, we'll see that God said that he, in fact, 
Yes, sir. You continue here in Luke 5. I'm going to read this to you in Galatians. You're in Luke 5, verse number 17. Hallelujah. With your Bible and your language, amen. Thank you, Lord. And I'm going to go to Galatians. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you for standing by so we can get this right. <clears throat> and it says here in the 13th verse, Galatians 3, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us. For it is written, Cursed is everyone that hangs on a tree. That serpent was on a pole. Jesus was on a tree. They took a tree. They put it in that bitter water. And it made it all sweet. Jesus was cursed upon that tree. And it says the reason that he was, the reason that that transpired, 14th verse, that the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Jesus didn't do it for no purpose at all. He did it so you and I would be healed. He did it so you and I would be whole. He did it so that the Spirit of God could come on us and we could live a victorious life in Christ today. Now here I'm catching up with you in Luke 5 verse 17. Luke 5 17. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Luke 5, 17. And it came to pass on a certain day as he was teaching. Is it important to hear the word taught? Yes, it is. That there were Pharisees and doctors of the law sitting by who really were enjoying his teaching because, man, he was being helped by God. You guys reading that part? It's not there? Oh, okay. Let me check again. They were sitting by which were come out of every town of Galilee and Judea and Jerusalem, and the power of the Lord was present. Present is added. Power of the Lord was to heal them. They're there. Jesus is there. The word is being taught. And the Lord is. Hallelujah, I'm sorry. The power of the Lord was to heal them that day, that hour. The power of the Lord was to heal them. That was God's plan. That was God's will, that they would be there and that his power would heal. Heal them. Do ministers need healing? Yes. Instructors of the gospel Yes, yes, we do. Yes, we do. And there are points and places and times where God is setting us up because he wants his power to heal there. What if we don't go there? Can you see this? Now they're there and the word's going forth. Let's see what happens. And behold, men brought in a bed. A man which men brought in a bed, a man which was taken with a palsy. 
and they sought means to bring him in and to lay him before him, speaking of Jesus. And when they could not find by what way they might bring him in because of the multitude. So notice this. They're trying to get their friend into the meeting and they have no way to get in. The place is packed. There are ministers. There are instructors all in this place. They can't get in the doors. Their bed won't make it through. And their friend is uh, stuck. Stuck. What do they do? They decide to head back home. Well, it was worth a try, right? We almost got our healing today. He almost got healed, right? We tried. No. No, that's not how this ends. So when they could not find by what way they might bring him in because of the, the multitude, they went upon the housetop. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. They went upon the housetop. And they let him down through the tilling with his couch into the mist before Jesus. Now, I believe other Gospels make note that this is the ministry house. I, I, I would do good to look that up and back that up, but I believe that this was the ministry house. The place that Jesus had in Capernaum. The place they ministered from, their, their headquarters, I guess you could call it. And they are taking up the roof. Right? <laughs> Calling the insurance company right now, man. They're breaking up the roof. Now they're peeling back the roof and they're bringing him in. And uh, when he saw Jesus, when he saw their faith, he didn't see the faith of the others. But he sees their faith. Who? The ones that couldn't get into the meeting. The ones that there wasn't room for. The only ones that weren't here hearing all the instructed words being taught. Yeah, those ones. The ones that had to find another way just to get in. When they finally got in, Jesus saw faith. He saw what alone pleases God. <laughs> he saw someone that could be healed today, hallelujah, by the power of the Lord. I believe it delighted the master. Hallelujah. He saw their faith and he said to him, man, your sins are forgiven. What? He's here for healing, right? You're talking to him about his sins being forgiven. You see how this connects with that 103rd Psalm. He said, man, your sins are forgiven you. And the scribes and the Pharisees began to reason, saying, who is this which speaks blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God alone? Are they talking good about Jesus, about the ministry? No. They're opposing it. There's no wonder they have no faith to be healed right now. You know, part of living long life, the Lord had ministered through the scriptures that we were to, to not speak evil, to not say any bad thing, 
and that it was connected with the Lord, enabling us to have long, good days in this earth. They're judging Jesus. They're judging his ministry. And they're judging themselves unworthy of what God would give through it. And it's no different for you and I today. If we want him to show himself as our healer, we have to be willing for him to uh, show himself and not mock what he shows us. They're mocking this. They're mocking what Jesus is saying. And they are disqualifying themselves from the power of the Lord healing them. And yet it's right there. It's remotely in their proximity. They can reach their hand out and it's in the very atmosphere around about them. The glory of God is surrounding them. They're in his very presence. And yet God, who shows himself as our healer, is completely unseen as he is. They don't see him as their healer, and yet there he is. Well, my friends, it, it's the same way with us. He can be right there, and unless you and I make the choice that we will have him as our healer, just as we'll have Jesus as our Savior, we will know God, and he can show himself as our healer, the healing will be right there. The power of the Lord will be present in his person to heal right there in that very glorious atmosphere. Hallelujah. Just like he's there right now. And I sense it right now. That we are receiving that healing now. Together by faith. It's working in our lives. And healing power is taking what was wrong. And is completely casting it aside. And in this power to heal. Jesus is glorified. God the Father is magnified. Because he is the Lord our healer. Hallelujah. He will forever be the Lord, our healer. Let's, let's finish and continue this. And it said, hallelujah. <clears throat> hallelujah. <laughs> Praise you, Lord. And he said, uh, so they said, who is this that speaks blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God alone? But when Jesus perceived their thoughts, is it imperative what one thinks in their heart? Yeah, it's as if they said it. There's certain things that when it comes there, we need to take it, we need to put it down right there. We need to say, no, Satan, I resist you. We don't got to say it out loud, but right there, we need to make sure. That's not my thought. I'm not going to allow that to continue forward because it's a reality when we allow it to continue. And for them, Jesus is perceiving what they're thinking, and he answers as if they said it. He perceived their thought. He answering said to them, What do you reason in your hearts? Whether it is easier to say, Your sins be forgiven you, or to say, Rise up and walk. But that you may know that the Son of Man has power upon earth, to forgive sins, he said to the sick of the palsy, I say to you, arise, take up your couch, and go into your house. And immediately he rose up before them. He took up that wherein he lay on, and he departed to his own house, glorifying God. 
he was healed. He was whole, forgiven of all, healed of all. Now, Jesus is not physically present before you, but if this is what he would speak to you, he has sent me, my friends. And I say it now. Be healed. Be whole in Jesus' name. That which would ill affect you, that which would seek, hallelujah, to hinder you, be absolved and completely removed in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Man cannot do this. There's nothing apart from Jesus, apart from God our Father, who shows himself as our healer. There's no healing power in any ministry. No, no. It's the power of God. And it's in him who is love, who desires us to be healed and whole, sound in mind, sound in body, complete and entire in every way. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know, Jesus preached this. If we were to take time and look at Luke 4, it said that he went out, he went to his own hometown, he preached them, he found in Isaiah the 61st chapter, he said, the Spirit of God is on me, for he has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those that are bruised, and to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. He, he went back to the place he was sitting. He said, he said, today, that which you have heard is taking place. It's happening now. It's happening today. And they looked around. They said, who is this? Isn't this Jesus that lived down the road there? You know, we know his mother, Mary, right? We know his brothers and his sisters. We, we know him. And that's the carpenter boy. And it said they were offended at him. And they thought little of the ministry because they thought little of him. And uh, yet God wanted to heal there. It said Jesus marveled at their unbelief. And he went about, it said he healed a few sick folk in that place. It was all he could do. It said he could there do no mighty work. And his response to the unbelief was to go into other villages and teach the word. This is how unbelief, hallelujah, is to be conquered, to be instructed in the word of God. And now, why do I say this? Because in Acts, the 10th chapter, Peter preached this. He said, you know, in fact, should we go there, Lord? Yes, we should. This is in closing. I do say in promise here, Acts 10, 36. This is, this is it, my friends. This is enough to go home with. Acts 10, verse 36. Thank you, Lord. And here in Acts 10, 36, <clears throat> we find the word which God sent to the children of Israel, preaching peace by Jesus Christ. He is Lord of all. The word that God sent, it preached peace. That's what God's preaching now through these very words, that you be sound, that you not have that chaos 
of disorder and disease running through your body and not have to go from doctor to doctor and not have to no he wants you at peace he wants your body at rest he wants you whole and healed in Jesus name and it says but in every nation he that fears him reverences God and works righteousness is accepted with him the word which God sent to the children of Israel I'm sorry, I just went over that. Uh, <laughs> thank you, Lord. It said that Peter opened his mouth in the 34th verse, and he said, Of a truth I perceive that God is no respecter of persons, but in every nation he that fears him and works righteousness is accepted with him. The word which God sent to the children of Israel, preaching peace by Jesus Christ, he is Lord of all. That word I say you know. So he's expecting us to know those words which was published throughout all Judea and began from Galilee after the baptism which John preached. Jesus was baptized of John in the river Jordan. The Spirit of God came on him. He was anointed of God. And so he found in Isaiah 61, the Spirit of the Lord is on me. He's anointed me. My friends, the Spirit of God is on you too. He's anointed you. He's seeking to send you right there where you're at. He's, he's seeking for you to lay hands on some sick that they be made whole. He has anointed you. The Spirit of God is on you. He said, you know this. It was after the baptism which John preached how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power who went about doing good. And what? Healing all the good works that the Spirit of God said Jesus did was that he went about and he healed all. He healed all that were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. Now the all that Jesus healed were those whom God sent him to. We just took time in Luke 5, and, and I reiterated through Luke 4, how Jesus could do no mighty work in his own hometown. And that here in this place of ministry, that there were ministers and there were instructors of the good news, of the old covenant of the day, that would not receive God as their healer. And though the power of God was present to heal, they didn't get it. So Jesus healed all who would receive God and would receive his healing power. And I encourage you right now, if you don't know him as your healer, you can receive him now. He is Jehovah Rapha, the Lord who shows himself as our healer. And you and I can continue to experience him as our healer for this day and forevermore in these days of our life and we'll come to the time where we will forever spend with Jehovah Rapha with God our Father hallelujah we'll know him as he is praise you Father now if you have been healed we want to hear about it we want to rejoice with you because hey I've experienced that healing it is wonderful and uh, I'm believing as the Lord continues to tarry his coming that I'll experience much more.
He'll keep me sound and fit as he's doing you. And together, we will do what he's called us to. Hallelujah. Partners, we're so thankful for your faithful support of this ministry. We love you and we bless you. And I want you to know, together we are reaching nations. And we are advancing the kingdom of God. Bless you. We'll see you soon. Hallelujah, Father. Hallelujah, Jesus.